0: I don't know about you, but it's really hard for me not to be excited when Brian Bragg gets up here and opens his mouth. I mean, that guy's got enthusiasm oozing out of his body. Remember when Jesus was hanging on the cross and and he was sweating drops of blood? Well, it just seems like that's a natural oozing of enthusiasm out of Brian's body. So and only four hours of sleep, too. That's pretty amazing. You might be dangerous if you got a full night's sleep. <laughs> So anyway, let's give it up for Brian Bragg. That was great. I sure do appreciate his Bible class. His Bible class has been awesome. And uh, I got the privilege of sitting in on it today. So I sure do appreciate you, Brian. And uh, so we got some announcements real quick. Uh, Sunday evening assembly, as you know, is at the parks. Uh, Tomorrow night at the Compton Homestead, dinner at 545. Uh, Don't dress up if you're coming out because we're going to be sorting our our last set of cans and bottles ever, I've decided to get out of the business of doing cans and bottles. So uh, if you have another charity that likes to do that kind of thing, great. Uh, But we're going to continue with other things. But that is, tomorrow night is the big event. We're going to be done. So anyway, if you'd like to come out, uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, Don't wear nice clothes. That's what I meant to say. Wednesday night. It's family Family fellowship dinner at the Parks Place starting at 6 o'clock. And so uh, you're welcome to come on over to the uh, Parks Place. It's potluck style, so bring your favorite side dish. And uh, assembly will start at 7. Ladies' study. Uh, Kirk, is ladies' study going on this Thursday? Okay, ladies' study this Thursday. And I think that's all the announcements today, unless there's something that is brewing that I don't know about. Okay, moving right along. Melissa Parks you left too soon. I'll give this to you, but I'm going to read it online so she might see this. Uh, Thank you for inspiring us to be our best. Your steadfastness in the face of challenges is an amazing example. Amen. I would say that for Kurt, too. What a great family. They have faced some pretty horrific challenges, and they continue to keep the faith. Uh, Brian Bragg, I appreciate the Bible class message, and uh, more importantly, That your life is an example of encouragement. So, amen to that one, too, and I'll bring that to you in just a little bit. So, hearing no other things, are there any birthdays this week? There is a birthday this week. I'm sorry? Sherry. Sherry. Is Sherry watching? Sherry, are you watching? Okay, Sherry, it's your birthday today. I hope you're watching. If not, I'm going to sing happy birthday. I hope the rest of us will sing happy birthday. I'm sorry? shelby's was the 12th that was just a couple days ago that's my spiritual birthday here we go happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy birthday god bless you happy birthday to you Woo-hoo! All right. and my wife shared with me that there's a really wonderful man that lives up in uh Washington, Northern Washington, up by the Canadian border. His name is Richard. Richard, we're glad that you're with us this morning, and uh, excited to have you. So it's kind of cool when you meet someone. And I'm telling you what, it was at a gun show that we were at many, many years ago, and we were raffling off those AR-15s, as some of you remember. And that uh, he was sitting right across the way, and we struck up a conversation. Great guy. And so uh, one of these days, I'm going to come up and camp at your house, driving up to Montana. But what a, what a neat man, and uh, we've been friends, we've communicated every once in a while on Facebook, and now he's joining us, so welcome. It's great to have you. All right, let's grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter 12. You know a passage of Scripture that is so commonly used, but there's a reason that it's commonly used. It's such a powerful passage of Scripture for... Us as the church of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the prototokos. He's the prototype for the Christian. And so when we look to Jesus, we're looking to who we are able to become. Uh, just recently I had a Bible study and I had a great question. was is, Well, if you're not perfect and you pass away as a Christian, does that mean you're out? And uh, I used the example that Steve Doty used about the Ford F-150. Now, he lives up in Michigan, so, of course, he's going to use a Ford. I would use a Chevy, but I don't want to cause any drift in the audience here. So, anyway, he talked about, you know, when that Ford enters into the assembly line, it's basically a chassis and, and tires, basically. And then they build from that chassis and those tires all the way up to it rolls off at the end of the, uh, the assembly line. That that chassis and wheels, that has a VIN number on it. That VIN number is unique. And you and I are unique on the assembly line. And so it's important for us to recognize and understand wherever you are at in your growth process, remain faithful, excel still more and more, and you will be, on the day that God calls you from this life into the next, you'll hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. I've known people that were immersed into Christ and three days later they passed away. You can say, well, they still had all sorts of problems. Well, in their mind, they still struggle with them things, but God forgave them. So it's powerful to know. Well, moving along, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, 2, and 3 gives us the picture in many different ways of who we're supposed to be. Here we go. Therefore, since we have a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and and every sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. Lord, we're beginning a, a new uh, part of this series on perseverance, the power of perseverance. And Lord, I would pray that you would help us to recognize that before we are too called to, to pursue this strength of character, this perseverance, that we need to prepare. We need to prepare for times when we need to be perseverant. And I pray, Father, as we look at these things, just beginning today, that there are so many things that we really need to do to prepare for what may come in our lifetime. And I would ask that you would help us to eagerly and excitedly examine these things and choose to embrace them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And so I want to introduce this by sharing with you. As my my boys were growing up, uh, I, I grew up in a, in a home where God was never spoken of unless, of course, his name was uh, being used in vain uh, as my dad was fixing stuff or getting mad at cows. I heard a lot of things about Jesus and God, but none of them were about the Bible. And so uh, I really didn't have any... Concept of God, and so I decided that when when I became a Christian and married Sharon, that if we had kids, and some of you know, it took a long time. God knew that I needed to grow up a little bit. Sharon was had arrived a long time before that, but I needed to grow up a little bit. And uh, so when we had the sons, our sons, we decided that we would read to them. I mean, right from the womb, we would read to them. And uh, I have pictures of Andrew when and he's just a little tiny baby reading go dog go and uh and uh i would make sound effects (laughs) when they would stop dog stop and of course he couldn't speak but when we got to the dog stopping i'd say stop dog stop and he would go for me i mean it was really cool the guy couldn't speak but he was comprehending what was going on and then we figured we're going to transition into this cool cool book of Old Testament heroes! And, uh, of course, I could get really excited about that. And it's a it's a book full of color pictures, kind of like a comic book. And uh, so I, I thought about this passage of Scripture in the very first verse. Therefore, having such a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Who are the cloud of witnesses? Well, we just got done, if you were reading chronologically, Chapter Eleven is talking about these really amazing men and women who stood in the face of absolute tyranny, and they stood and they turned the world upside down. And so uh, I asked uh, my son Jake, who his favorite, who his favorite great Old Testament hero was, and he goes, "Well, it was it was David, of course. He was a man after God's own heart, and uh, he uh, uh, was a, a great warrior as well, hundred percent." Sold out for God. I thought, yeah, that's great. And I, and I asked uh, Ryan what his favorite is. And he said, Ehud. And some of us might be going, who? <laughs> read Judges 3. But don't read it out loud to your little children. Maybe when they get to where it's, uh, what is it, NR17, where you can let your kids watch some stuff. Don't read that to the little ones. <laughs> But God raised up a man to decide enough is enough of this tyranny. We're going to take care of business. And so that's right. And I'm not going to tell you all the gory details. But uh, again, don't read it to your little kids. So there's gory details. He was willing to stand in the gap and deliver God's people. Courageously. All by himself. No backing whatsoever. David had thousands of soldiers. He had... A homemade sword of 18 inches long. Wow. No backing. He goes right into the king's chambers. That guy, that's a that's a pretty courageous thing. So we need to recognize and understand, brethren, that there are a litany of men and women who've gone on before us. That we can go, wow, they did it, and they didn't even have the Holy Spirit. They did it, and and they didn't see God. They heard God, maybe, but they didn't see him. Some did, but not all of them. As far as I know, Ehud didn't see God, but he heard God call him to raise up. He said, okay, we're going to set your people free. And so uh, I would suggest that you take the sword of the Spirit, not an 18-inch sword, the sword of the Spirit, and be courageous. You know what's so important for us? to prepare for the future. We don't know what the future holds. But I'll tell you what, 2021 was some kind of future. Thank goodness it's in the past. Or I'm sorry, 2020. We're experiencing 2021, right? Wow. We don't know what the future holds, but we sure know that we can walk by faith and not by sight. And God, as we heard from Both Jeff and Brian and God's word, we can stand and deliver, no matter how crazy it gets. As I shared this morning in Bible class, I don't remember any prayer where Paul says, Lord, please take me out of this situation. It's too hard. I've never seen that prayer. You seen that prayer with Jesus? Oh, no. He says, look, I know it's going to be tough. But it's not about my will, it's about your will. So whatever you want me to do, salute and execute, get it done. And he went to the cross, the most painful experience any human being ever experienced. And he did that for who? Who did he do that for? He did that for you. He did that for us. We need to lay our lives down in sacrifice as well. So let's get prepared. And so this morning, I really want to, to talk about how to prepare For the perseverance that the future might call us to have. The challenges, the difficulties in life. They abound. But I'm talking about something that might be ratcheted up a little bit. That might be the afflictions and the persecutions and the sufferings that come along with standing for the faith of Christ. And so it's important for us to have that that preparation in advance. How many know Matt Kaikala? Matt, if you're listening This morning, I hope you don't mind me quoting you. I'm pretty confident you'll appreciate it. Matt said this, I always hope for the best, but I prepare for the worst. I'll tell you what, that's a great philosophy, isn't it? Always hope for the best, be excited about the best, but be prepared for the worst. You know, the person that's always hoping for the best, but's never prepared for the worst, is the person that is sorely disappointed a lot. And... It could even be deadly. could even be deadly. You go out in the woods of Oregon, late hunt season, the weather could kill you. A cliff could kill you. Right, Jeff? Just be bopping down a hill and there's right, Brian. I mean, you told me about last year. Look, you have to be prepared for the worst, but hope for the best. I think sometimes Christians stick their head in the sand. Well, I just want to have it all cake and, and, you know, pies and candies and all. It's not that way in reality. And you all know that already, right? I was told by someone, told recently by someone, when I said I'm going to start this new series on preparing to endure times of difficulty, he said, ah, be careful. People don't want to hear that. Wow, maybe, maybe we should talk with God. God, can you cut all the scriptures out of your Bible that talk about us getting ready for suffering? Because people don't want to hear that. How's that going to go? over? Last time I checked my Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, Those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Hey, so you know what? There's nothing wrong with the old saying, grin and grin. And bear it. You're saying, well, that's kind of a weird saying. Isn't that what the Apostle Paul did when he was on that ship? When there was no hope, it was hopeless. And God said, you know what, Paul? You remain steadfast, faithful, and I will deliver you and all those who are on board. Wouldn't it be great if you remained steadfast and faithful and all the people in your life drew near to you and your leadership because you were faithful and steadfast, positive, positive, encouraging, knowing that there's hope in the future for salvation. That's exactly what Paul did. Were all those people saved? What's the answer? Absolutely. Brethren, if I do not share with you that we need to prepare, I would be a terrible preacher. I don't want to be one of those. We can be excited as we prepare. And I think we ought to be. I have to tell you before we really get into the meat of this thing, I've been moved by the power of this body of Christ. There are individuals here who are stepping up and they're sharing their their skills, talents, and abilities and resources to build the kingdom. And they're doing that voluntarily and they're doing that because they want to. They're doing that not because they feel like if they don't, they're going to be judged, but rather they're excited to be a part of something that is true and growing. And I don't know about you. But I'm excited about that as well. So let's look at the first part of this, this verse really. On how to be prepared. I talk about the the uh, importance of, of the purge. And then the pursue. You got to throw the shackles off. That are keeping you from excelling in the Lord. Take a look here. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 1, it says, after we look at the witnesses around us and see that they could do it, let us lay aside every encumbrance. Let us lay aside every encumbrance. What in the world are encumbrances? To lay aside something means to cast it off, to throw it away from you, to put it off. You know what the interesting thing is in Christ Jesus? That you are able to put off sin. Oh, I can't do that. I've never been able to. I've tried and tried and tried. It's impossible. Well, it's impossible with that stink of thinking. If you're in Christ Jesus, all things are possible with God. Is God in you? What's the answer? If you're a Christian, is God in you? Well, yes. Are you able because Christ is able? What's the answer? Yes. You just need to know how to do it. And that's what we're going to be talking about in this mini-series of purge and then pursue. Purge the encumbrances in your life. Get rid of them. Put them off. Now, the word encumbrance there is rather interesting. It's anything that causes a hindrance or a burden that would slow you down. So, what are some of the burdens in this life? What are some of the things that would slow you down? from really living the life of Christ, being able to powerfully move forward with a positive, super positive, encouraging, excited attitude, even in the face of overwhelming odds. Man, if you haven't heard TJ's sermon yet, it's online. It's on the website. Man, I'm telling you what, TJ and Melissa experienced something that was absolutely out of their control Because of 2020, the COVID crisis, and some evil, evil people who had planned to destroy them. Literally planned to destroy them. And they were willing to trust God, and God delivered them in truly miraculous ways. And if you don't believe that, listen. Listen to that message. He gives gory, and kids can hear this one, gory details on how, they were moments away from losing everything, but they continued to trust God, and God delivered them. God is in that business. Do you believe what uh, Brother Jeff said earlier today? Do you believe that if you ask, God's able to deliver things greater than you could think, greater than you could imagine, greater than you can ask? God is able to deliver. God, would you stop the sun for 24 hours? I need to finish this job for you. That's impossible, you'd say. It's not. It happened. So, brethren, lay aside the encumbrances, the burdens. Look at Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. Matthew 11 is a powerful passage of Scripture. I asked people to memorize it this morning, the very beginning as I was leading songs before Bible class. If you're going to memorize a Scripture, this is a great Scripture to memorize. And then figure out what Jesus is trying to say. I mean, that's a good part too. It's very powerful. Notice it says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. Sounds like they're burdened. And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, I've heard people say, well, all i got to do is work harder. Work harder. Brian was talking about trying over and over and over again to solve his life's problems. Work harder. Work harder. And guess what? He almost had a heart attack. Almost sounded like you were on that process. And yet, what did he do? He decided to, are you ready? Believe better. For us, it should be Believe correctly. God is able to do infinitely beyond all that we could ask or think. So get that feeble mindedness out and get a right understanding of who God is in you and what you're able to do. We focus on our failures rather than on what Christ's victories are and what he's offered to us. When we go through a very important process for changing your mind to get the right picture of who you are, I pray you'll take good notes and that you'll begin to try to go through that process. And if you're struggling, would you please call me? Because I've struggled through that process a lot with many things, but I've overcome a lot. I still got many things to overcome, but my mindset is correct in so many things. It's for everyone. Get the the hindrance and the burden of trying to do it on your own and come to Christ Jesus. That's one of the biggest burdens, self getting in the way. You you basically get in your own way. Look at 2 Corinthians in chapter 6. Here's another huge burden. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm glad that my uh, wife listened to a preacher as he shared this with her. Verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what is a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. You know, you've heard the statement, and I don't want to sound trite when I say this. This It's a very common statement, but it's so important. You know what? We are living in this world. We got bills to pay. We got jobs to go to. We got kids to raise up. We got, you know, struggles. We live in this world, but we're not of this world. We don't have to partake and live like this world. We can live like Christ Jesus. We have the power of Christ in us. With right thinking, you can overcome in anything in your life To bring glory to God. It's possible. It's possible. What's impossible with man is possible with God. Don't forget that. So please don't be burdened by people who are naysayers. Oh, that can't be done. And don't let you talk yourself into that. That's that's impossible. Don't talk that way because that's not true in Christ Jesus. You tell me what Christ can't do other than sin. It's not in his character. it's brethren, it's so important. There's burdens that we bear that we should not bear. And we have people in our lives that bring those burdens into our lives. Be careful of those people. Because they're going to pull you down. You know, the scriptures are filled with examples of that. You know, Brian was using the scripture from uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. You know what happens when you don't get down into the mire and the muck? with those people who are living in the world, you decide to live like Christ Jesus, they malign you. Get on down here. Are you too good for us? Get on down here. And as soon as you mess up, they go, yeah, I knew you were nothing but a stinking hypocrite. That's how the devil works. Tempts you, and you step into the muck and mire, and he hammers you as Satan, the accuser. Rise above it. Don't let those people draw you away from what you are able to do. Brethren, it's so important that these burdens be identified in your life and you get them out of your life. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Look at that one. That's a a huge one. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 2. Chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. I like this one because my dad was a soldier. got a picture of my dad receiving a bronze star for valor. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, look, I need to pay the bills, and so do you. I need to raise my sons, and so do you. I need to go to work, and so do you. I need to do those things. But you know what? You can do those to the glory of God. You can do everything to the glory of God. Can you keep a good budget? to the glory of God, to help your physical family so they're not starving? Yes or no? That's to the glory of God. You're saying, I just want to stay out of the poorhouse. Well, that's good too, but for the love of God and for the love of family, you see, you can do everything to the glory of God. And if there's something that doesn't glorify God, get it out of your life. Get it out of your life. Purge it, because those are burdens. We're going to talk about that one in our second point. Finally, look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 14. Luke 8, 14. Do not let these things burden you, slow you down, and keep you from serving the Lord. Look at this. Luke chapter 8 and verse 14. The sad fact is, I think a lot of Americans, I'm not judging here, just from what I see, a lot of American Christians are bound up by this kind of, of life. Look at Luke chapter 8 and verse 14. This is about the sower and the seed. And the seed which fell among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard, and as they go on their way, they are choked with worries and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. Worries, riches, and pleasures. Those will draw you away from serving God. If you're worried, oftentimes the worry is about self. Amen? And when we're talking about riches, oftentimes it has to do with the toys that you're going to buy. And when we're talking about pleasures, well, your mind is somewhere else it's not on serving other people. Because how many of you know that serving other people oftentimes is not very pleasurable as you're doing it but God blesses when you serve others, because he who waters others waters himself. You know, we need to think about this for just an example. I gave I gave us place for examples there. You know, worldly relationships will burden you. Worldly relationships will drag you down. It says, set yourself free from hindrances and burdens. Now I don't want to be mean, but in my past life before I was a Christian, And please don't take me wrong when I say this, but it just seemed like I was very poor at choosing female friends. And they were always dragging me down. And they were always calling me to do things that I knew were wrong. And I just followed right through and I developed those kinds of habits. And those things even destroyed me further. You see, it's important that we're very, very careful in the company that we keep. Because they can cause hindrances to your being able to stand strong and firm. Brother, what about this one? Meaningless activities. Meaningless activities. I remember, and I'm embarrassed about this, but I remember in 2008, I... I uh, created an idol on opening day of hunting season. And all I could think about all the time was killing one particular deer in one particular unit. Right, Alton? So much so, I would crawl through poison oak just so I could get a better shot. And God, in his infinite wisdom, said... (laughs) That idol is not serving you very well. The only thing I got that season was a case of poison oak from head to toe in every unmentionable place. That's what I got. You see, it's important for us to recognize that meaningless activities can destroy you. Now, I have to share with you. I've been hunting with Alton, and we've had some great times and conversations. I know that, that uh Alton and Jeff have great conversations, encouraging, building up conversations. And if you get something great, and if you don't, that's fine too. I've decided that there's a lot of folks that want to go hunting but they don't know how, and I I've been taught by men who know very well, and so I asked them to go hunting, and guess what? They're in my truck for two or three hours. <laughs> That's a captive audience. You know, and I'm not down. Hey, I know you don't read the Bible, but can you find this one for me? I just want to tell you how it is. I don't do that. I don't do that. I just get to know them. And you know, when their life starts to shake out, guess who is there? Guess. Brethren, you can take any activity, if it's not sin, and hunting, by the way, is not sin unless it becomes an idol, and it did in 2008. Altman is more than, more than a witness, because <laughs> I crawled through the poison oak to show him where I went to set up, and he was standing back. Remember that? You're standing back, looking at me. Going, okay. okay, and you missed the shot. I was crawling through poison oak to show him. Golly, <laughs> that's what idols will do for you, by the way. But you know what? I've not done that since. But every time I go, I praise God. I thank God for the time in the woods, enjoying time with brothers and sisters and those who are not yet Christians, opening up opportunities. You know what? When I go hunting, it's not just for meat. It's for souls. If I were a fisherman, guess what? I could do the same thing. Is it okay to go fishing and have the joy of God's creation? Well, absolutely, positively. But if you go out there for, self, sell, sell, then there's a problem there. Brethren, I want you to know that meaningless activities will kill you. Debt will kill you too. Going after keeping up with the Joneses. I got to have more. I got to have this. I got to have that. Oh man, I just, this last year's is out of date. I got to get the new model. Man, I'll tell you what, that'll kill you right now. And it has killed a lot of Christians. Going after the wealth, and the stuff. Because you spend so much time going after wealth that you forget that really God wants you to go after him. Who's the one, by the way, that gave you life and health and ability to create wealth? Who? Who? God did. Honor him. Thank him for your health and your ability to create wealth because he gave it to you. And if you honor him with the first fruits, he'll bless you richly. And it says the windows of heaven will open. And I've seen it happen in my own life when I honored him that way. Brethren, once again, I've preached a lot more than what was on my notes for point number one. And so we're going to come back and do point number two next week. So please don't lose these lesson plans. I'm not going to change them on you like I did last time. Because these, these first three are important to introduce this series. I should appreciate you listening. No one fell asleep. That's very good. Thank you very much. That's awesome. I did get a couple smiles when I was talking about me being a harebrained back in 2008. That's good too. And so uh, let's grow together. Let's prepare together and be strong for what the Lord would allow us to experience in the years to come. Amen. And let's do that together. Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for the blessing of your word. You know, it really is powerful when you begin to just think about it, just meditate on it. What does this actually mean? What does it mean to, to if I'm weary and heavy laden, to, to lay it all down and, and trust you so that you can give me rest? You're so much stronger, so much smarter. You know all things and can do all things. Why do I try to do it myself? Thank you for your help. In showing me and guiding me as you do for anyone who will not work harder but believe better and draw near to you, Father, help us to put aside the burdens and the encumbrances that slow us down and keep us from being the people that you called us to be. We pray in Jesus' name, Amen. All right, let's let's stand. Here. Let's get excited. What did Jesus say to you? He said to go, no. get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King.
1: Get all excited, Go tell
0: everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, King of Kings. All right, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.